the line, man. Hey, man, if you fall down, you keep getting back up. You know what? When you, when you read the scripture, don't worry about the things that you don't understand. Just apply the things that you do and go on about your business, man, because you ain't got time to try to figure it all out because the rapture going to happen any minute. Do you guys see? Can you see what's going on around you? Can you see the world, the mess it's in? God didn't create this mess. Man's heart is still evil and created this mess. This is not God's fault. But he has us here at such a time as this so we can be salt and light and witness. The world is still afraid. I talk to people all the time and they're scared. They won't even go outside the house. The media is just putting fear in people. Don't let people put fear in you. God is on your side. The Bible says he is for you and he is not against you. And he said he will never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what you're going through. So you got to claim those promises, not what you see on TV or radio or media or whatever. You got to believe what the word has to say about you. And I pray that you guys are really spending that quality time with Christ because only he can give you that peace that you need. Only he can give you that comfort and that encouragement that you need. Don't wait until Sunday mornings. You got to do it. You got to do it during the week. And uh, I tell you what. If I go one day and not read and not read God's word, it's like something is wrong, man. Something's not right. Oh, I haven't read today. That's what it is. So I run to get that Bible real quick and I start reading the Bible, you know, and, I, and right away the peace comes. So we continue and we're going to stand strong. And we're going to encourage each other. And God's got you placed wherever you are in your neighborhood, in your schools, in your, on your job or wherever that you can represent him. We are his representatives representatives here on earth so we want to let people know that they can have the same peace that we have because they don't know so it, anyway today we in uh, Revelation chapter 6 Revelation not Revelations don't ever say that Revelation chapter 6 we're going to be talking about the seals the judgment the seals in chapter 5, Christ was the only one found worthy to open the scroll, the title deed to the earth. John searched and searched and searched, couldn't find nobody worthy to open it. As he breaks the seven seals, that the seven seals secured the scroll. It was wrapped around the scroll. And each seal, as we will find out in this chapter, each seal is going to release God's judgment on this earth. Because the world has rejected him. Well, now we find ourselves in the great tribulation. Not you, because you won't be here. The world has reje rejected Christ, and the world now, in the great tribulation, is going to face his judgment. You don't find many sermons today talk about 
uh, God's judgment or the wrath of God. I hear a lot of sermons talk about the love of God, but God is a God of love and he's also a God of wrath. And be not deceived, the Bible said, God is not mocked. A man is going to reap what he sows. The world is going to reap what it sows. As we begin this chapter, which introduces the tribulation hour upon this earth, we will not be here. All this will happen after the rapture has taken place. The rapture is not Christ coming to the church. It's not, it's not Christ setting foot on the earth. The rapture is we being caught up in the air, 1 Thessalonians 4. Seven years later, we will return with him when he sets up his millennium kingdom, his thousand-year reign on the earth. So we will not be here when all these things take place. So I want you to turn to Revelation 3.10. Here's why I say that. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from, underline that from, circle it, put it, highlight it. I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth, referring to the great tribulation. He said, I will keep you from that hour of trial, referring to the tribulation. Once the church is out of the world, Satan is going to unleash, unfold his program. The day of the Lord is a period that follows the, the rapture of the church. It will be a time of tribulation for the people on earth that they have never seen before. Satan and his hosts will be working on earth and God will send, he's going to send righteous judgment from heaven. God will still save people during the tribulation. I would tell people to get out now, go in the rapture, don't wait for the tribulation. That's, you know what I mean? So the section deal, the opening of the seven seals in chapter six, and the Lamb of Jesus Christ was found worthy. The scroll cannot be opened and read until the seals has been broken. It's called the time, this Great, a great tribulation is called the time of Jacob's trouble, Jeremiah puts it. Revelation 6, verse 1 and 2, the conqueror. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures of the cherubim saying with a loud a voice like thunder, come and see. John is a witness with his own eyes, and he's trying to disclose what he saw. He saw, looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a, had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Each seal is associated with a living creature of the cherubim to go forth and to carry out God's judgment upon this earth. With the opening of the four seals, a wonderful living creatures. He said, come and see the white horse. He said, the white horse and, the right, and, and his rider is given a bow and a crown. But we can't confuse this white horse with the white horse mentioned in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, which is Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is also going to come on a white horse in Revelation chapter 9. But this person here is a different person. Let's be, the writer here is the Antichrist, the false Christ. And he always imitates the things of Christ. The false Antichrist is going to come and begin his conquest on earth. The fact that he has a bow but no arrows indicates that the conqueror, the nation, he's going to conquer the nations peacefully. After the church has been raptured, the only way the Antichrist can deceive the world is peacefully. He will be a peaceful political leader who unites 10 nations of Europe into a strong power. The rider on the white horse imitates Christ. He goes forth to conquer peacefully and people are going to believe that he is a person of peace and he's going to have all the answers. He has a bow, no arrows. He will bring for a brief time peace to the world. But the storm of the day of the Lord is going to break loose. John saw a man on a white horse who will conquer. He's going to conquer without bloodshed. He's going to be so convincing. He's going to appear to be so peaceful. He said he has an arrow with no bow. It means that he's going to conquer with his words and deception. A picture of the Antichrist is mentioned in Revelation 13, but we'll get to it. But his job has always been to lie and to deceive. He is a satanic dictator who imitates Christ, who is going to counterfeit everything that Christ is. He's going to fool the world. He's going to be so convincing. He's going to exercise dominion and power over this earth. A military and a political leader. He went out conquering and to conquer. We will see that he, the Antichrist, will be more terrible than any dictator that has ever lived. He will make a covenant with Israel to protect her and to permit her to rebuild a temple. This temple will be for seven years. He will temporarily solve the Middle East crisis. Israel will rebuild her temple in peaceful times. You can read the seventh week of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 began with the chapter, the dictator will confirm a covenant with the, with the many, referring to the Jewish people. He will confirm a covenant with the people. He's going to come as a, a person of peace. But Daniel 9, 27 says, after three and one half years, the Antichrist will break his covenant with the Jews and take over their temple. He will sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. In three and a half years, he will break it. The Antichrist means it could mean against Christ, or it could mean instead of, instead of Christ. Satan not only opposes Christ, but he wants to be worshipped. Satan wants to be worshipped, and Satan wants to be obeyed. Antichrist has, the Antichrist has been a peacemaking leader of the 10 European nations obligated to protect Israel. But now he reveals his true character after three and a half years by taking over the Jewish temple 
and demand that he be worshipped. So since the Antichrist will be energized, this person, the Antichrist, this man, will be energized by Satan himself. It is no surprise that he will seek worship, for Satan has always wanted the worship of the world. We know as we look at the signs of the times right now, as you look around the world, we know that the stage right now is being set for the Antichrist to appear. We know that. We know the world is looking for a leader right now. We know that. So all these things you see is going on, but he's not going to be revealed until after the rapture of the church, and then the man of perdition will be revealed. Now, he's someplace in the world right now, and we don't know where. Oh, some people say he's Jewish. You know, you might speculate who he might be, but we know he's alive and well someplace, just waiting to make his appearance. But he's not going to make his appearance until God says so. Because God's in control and not him. We know that the stage is being set. As one man says, I want to answer to all these problems in the world. I don't care if he's from God or from the devil. The world is looking for a leader to solve all these problems. And they're going to get one, but they're going to get the one that they don't want. It will be the worst person indwelled by Satan that you have ever seen in your entire life. But I'll get to that in Revelation 13. He's going to be a great speaker. Just because a person is a great speaker doesn't mean what they're saying is right. So you got to examine everything through the eyes of the scripture. So that's the first seal. The second seal, Revelation chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it the Antichrist, to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. The great sword speaks of war. The great sword speaks of slaughter. It's going to be the biggest slaughter you've ever seen worldwide. The Antichrist begins his conquest. He exchanges his empty bowl. Now he's got a sword. The color red is off, is often associated with terror, is associated with death. It's a picture of bloodshed. It's going to be a lot of bloodshed, what he's saying, what John is saying. War has always, war has been a part of man's experience since Cain and Abel. People have been fighting since Cain and Abel, but this war will be worldwide. Peace and tranquility were now taken away. Now you have, you have total confusion all over the world, and you have bloodshed worldwide. Not just in America. It will be worldwide. Individuals fighting each other. The particular form of that confusion was, some people think it's going to be a civil war. Maybe so. It's going to be a slaughter that they have never seen before. People just going to kill. Bloodshed will be flowing 
and because they rebelled. When the second seal was opened, John saw a rider on a red horse who will bring war upon the earth. The peace, the Antichrist, is going to be proven that he's a counterfeit. Bloodshed all over. The third seal is the scarce of food. Food will be scarce in the tribulation period. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quarter of wheat for a denarius or a day's wages and three quarters of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil or the wine. The color black refers to famine. There will be worldwide famine in the Great Tribulation. War and famine always go together. A worldwide war will destroy most of the food supply. So there will be, there will be global hunger. There will be a shortage of food. Will, will always drive up. It's going to always drive up prices and, and it's going to force the government to ration the food. To eat bread by weight was a Jewish phrase indicating that food is going to be so scarce. Uh, it's a day's wages. It's going to cost you a day's wages just to eat. A measure of wheat was about two pints, sufficient for the daily needs of one person. Or ordinary person could buy eight to 12 measures of wheat for, for a penny, but barley is much cheaper. So people are going to be buying barley. Barley was used to feed the animals. Barley, had, barley has very little nutrition. Nutrition. But this all people can afford. With the high rise of taxes during the war and with the land being destroyed with the war, there will be a worldwide famine and people will be starving by the millions. The writer of the Antichrist hold a pair of scales that says, the government is going to weigh the food and they believe the government is going to be in control of all the food. He's going to measure the food. He's going to ration the food. Loaf of bread costs you a day's wages. It's going to be so scarce. If you do work, you're going to be taxed so bad you're not going to be able to take your paycheck home because it's going to be going strictly to the government. Food will be so scarce, it will take a person all day to earn enough just for himself, not even including his family. But he said, you don't touch the oil and the wine. The rich, referring to the rich, they will not be affected. They're going to be the only ones that can afford to buy the oil and the wine. The rich going to get richer with luxuries and the poor is going to get poor. They can hardly, the poor can hardly get enough to eat. So those balances, those pair of balances, those, those scales, uh, it's going to be rationed out. It's going to be doled out. 
the scarcity of food. You're talking about if you have long food lines, if you think you have long food lines now, and we do have long food lines even right now, can you imagine how long the food lines are going to be in the Great Tribulation? It's going to be the worst thing that you've ever seen. Well, you won't be here, so don't worry. That's why, that's why we should be warning people to flee the wrath to come. If they don't know, if the church don't tell them, they don't know the tribulation is coming. They don't know God's going to pour out his wrath. That's why we are here, so we can tell them. So if you don't have anything to do during the week, go out, talk to somebody about Christ and tell them, hey, man, the tribulation is coming. And if you want to get out of it, if you want to escape it, you better receive Christ now. So don't sit around and think that you don't have anything to do. That's plenty to do. I don't know about you, but I'm always busy. I just can't. Some people say I'm hyper. I just can't sit, man. I just can't do it. I think I know too much to be quiet. So the black horse, worldwide famine, work all day for a day's wages. Verse 7 and 8, the fourth seal, death on the earth. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a fourth of the living creatures saying, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who said on it was death. This is worldwide death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given them over a fourth of the earth to, to kill with a sword, with hunger. It is with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. The word, he, he said he saw a black horse. That's, that's that old, it's pale. This old green, yellowish color sickly looking color horse famine authority will be given to kill one fourth of the earth population one fourth of the earth population will perish through the sword through hunger through death and through wild beasts wild beasts will attack people and eat people Terrible. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 7 and 8, For nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be famine, pestilences, that means diseases, diseases, and earthquakes in various places. And he said, All these are the beginning of sorrows. For the time... For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been seen from the beginning of the world until now. It never shall be seen again. He said it's something that has never been seen before. So there will be death all over the world. A population will just no longer exist. The fifth seal, verses 9 through 11. He who opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain 
Why? It says there for the word of God. You're not going to be able to go out and just preach the word of God then. If you do, you're going to get your head cut off. You better preach while you can. He said these guys are going to be slain for the word of God and for the testimony they held. People will still be saved now during the tribulation period. The Holy Spirit will still be here. Some say the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out with the church. No, the Holy Spirit, 2 Thessalonians 2, he that restrains is restraining the Antichrist right now from, appeal, from appearing. It says he will be taken out of the way, but he didn't say it would be taken away. So he will still be here, otherwise no one would get saved. So he will still be here. We'll cover that too in Revelation 13. So he opened the fifth seal. He says, under the altar in the Old Testament, the blood of, of the slaughtered animals was poured out at the base of the altar when it was sacrificed. Believers who were slain was pictured as a sacrifice to the Lord. They were martyred. They were martyred for their faith. You stand up in a tribulation and say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, be prepared to die. It says they were slain what? for the word of God and the testimony which they held. Then the white robe was given to each of them, verse 11, and it was said to them that they, they should rest a little while for a little longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were as completed. The soul of the martyrs, there's more people that's going to be killed for their faith because of a witness for Jesus Christ. They make it illegal to preach. Some states are making it illegal right now to preach. Did you know that? In the United States, some places, if you preach against certain sins, you can get in trouble. They are trying to control what we preach from the pulpit. That's how bad it is. So these guys was thrown in jail. Apparently, these guys didn't take part in the rapture. These guys got saved during the tribulation period. Yet these bodies was a sacrifice to Christ. I believe that there is life after death. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people believe that, you know, when you just die, man, you just, you know, you, uh, you just sleep someplace. They believe in soul sleep. Your body just goes someplace and just sleep. That's not scriptural either. There's only two places a person can go when they die. They go to hell or they go to heaven. There's no in between. That's it. And God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Nobody. That's why he sent Christ. That's why Christ stayed on that cross. To prevent people from going to hell. He don't want you to go there. It was made for Satan and his angels, not, not for people. But if people say, no, I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. 
there's no other place for them to go. But God didn't send them there. They sent themselves there by rejecting what God has provided for them. There was only eight people got saved in the flood out of the whole world. All they had to do is believe what Noah said. It took 120 years to build that ark. If they had believed and repented, it could have been a lot more people saved. But they mocked him. And Noah preached and he was hammering and he was preaching and he was hammering. And they said he was crazy until the flood come and the Bible said it took them all away. Well, I look at myself. I have, I'm living some exciting times right now. Right, right now. Because that harvest is right, man. And people are scared. So I'm going to seize the moment. I don't know about you. And here I am as a time as this. I can see all this. The believers come to Christ. They're going to be believers come to faith in Christ. They might lose their lives, but at least they'll go to heaven. That was the reason that John was exiled to the, to the book of uh, to the island of Patmos. He was exiled on the island of Patmos, Revelation 1:9, for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why they put him on the island in the first place, because the word of God brings an offense. The message we preach brings an offense. We tell people to turn to Christ. They said, how long? They cried with a loud voice. That is, they pleaded that justice would be done. They, they were praying for the, for the vindication of God's justice, not for vengeance. They're not praying for vengeance on the enemies. They're just praying, how long, God, before you intervene? How long are you going to delay and it says in verse 11, the white robe was given to them, which represents purity and victory. We covered that in Revelation 3, 5. The white is the color of, of the Christian garment that we will wear in, in the presence of God. It symbolizes the righteousness of the saints. Revelation 19, 8, Revelation 19 verse 8. A heavenly garment. How long are you going to be before you intervene? And he said, just be patient. Because there's a lot of more for your fellow servants are going to pass. It's going to die. Hmm. I look at the world today and I ask God, I says, how long, Lord, before you intervene? How long? It's not for me to know. Because that's his business. He'll intervene when he wants to. But he's working. Maybe a lot more people might come to Christ before the rapture happens. Maybe that's why he's waiting. Maybe that's why he hasn't judged the world yet. He knows exactly how many people are going to be saved right now. God is so patient. Wasn't he patient with you before you came to Christ? He waited for you and he waited for you. And finally you got saved. Well, maybe he's waiting for somebody else. Maybe he's waiting for more people so they can get saved. God is to land his judgment as long as he can. Revelation chapter 12, verse 19. 
Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. How long, O oh Lord, how long before justice is done? He suggests, wait, be a little bit more patient. It's difficult to be patient when things are going bad. And when you look around, you see things are going bad. But God is patient and merciful. Revelation 6, verses 12 through 17, the sixth seal. Cosmic disturbances is what's happening here. Revelation 6, verse 12 through 17, I looked when he opened his sixth seal, and behold, that was a great, a great earthquake. This wasn't just any earthquake. This is a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sad cloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell on the earth as a fig drops its late, its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Some people say the stars refers to meteorites or asteroids, maybe. Speculation, we don't know. Verse 14 said the sky will recede. That word recede means that the sky will vanish. It will disappear as you know it. The whole sky will just disappear. Said the sky will recede as a scroll when it is rolled up. And every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Why? Because of the earthquake. Every mountain is going to be moved out of its place. This is going to be a global earthquake. It's going to be stress created all over the world. And the whole mountains are going to begin to shift out of place. That's going to be some earthquake. And the kings of the earth, verse 15, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Other words, they, they know this judgment is coming from God. Hide us from the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb, they said. They knew God was sending this. It says the king, the rich people, the commanders, the man. He said, listen, you can't buy your way out of this, what he's saying. When the time comes, it don't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how famous you are. You might be a very influential person. It doesn't matter. That's not going to affect what's going on. Everybody's going to be in this thing equally. Just because you have the rich, you can't, you can't buy your way out. He said in verse 17, the great day of the Lord has come and who's able to stand? Well, nobody's going to be able to stand through this. The unbeliever is going to say, hide us. Going to be worldwide catastrophes, worldwide convulsions, hide us, worldwide earthquake, where the sun will be affected, the moon and the stars, the heavens, the mountains, the islands, everything will be affected. 
this verse is so frightening, even the most courageous person will try to hide from the face of God. But if men and women would yield to God's love now, they can avoid all of this. God always gives people a way of escape. And if people don't take it, they're going to face the wrath of God. I bet you don't hear many sermons like that. People say, well, you got to preach positive sermons, man. You got to preach positive sermons. You don't preach on sin. You don't preach on judgment. You don't preach on hell. Everything's got to be positive, man. No, we're going to preach it all. We're going to preach the whole council. We're going to warn folks. I ask myself, is my heart hardened or what? I ask myself. You know, I talk to myself. When you guys get my age, you start talking to yourself. I start talking to myself. That I know all this stuff is going to happen. And not tell anybody and not warn anybody. Shame on me. Shame on you. It's going to be awful. Some of you right here got loved ones right now that's not saved. Friends, family, friends, loved ones, neighbors, not saved. Why don't people just yield to God's love and just invite Christ to come into your life right now? It's so simple. He will forgive you of everything you've ever done. He said a rich, he said a ranked, a wealthy, kings, captains, it don't make any difference. No one's going to escape. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 4, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. These are people that refuse to submit to God's judgment. But it's coming. They are, who knows, we don't know how soon. It's the worst thing that you've ever seen. Who will be able to stand? The moon will turn the blood. The declaration of the moon. The moon, John said, became as blood. They say smoke from all the debris and smoke from all the earthquakes and the volcanic eruptions. Large amount of debris is going to go up in the air and it's going to turn the moon a different color. The, the whole atmosphere will change. Blackened. It will be red. Luke says this. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth the stress of nations with perplexity that the sea and the waves roaring. Luke says men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming come upon the earth. For the power of the heavens shall be sh shaken. Take it easy. If you're a believer, and I just close with this right here. God has not appointed you to wrath. Romans 5, 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood... We shall be saved from the wrath through him. 
You see that? We shall be saved from the wrath through him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be the most thankful people today in the world. There is no reason for us to be sad and discouraged when you see in the scripture being fulfilled before your very eyes right now. Chaos everywhere. Jesus said it would happen just like this. Everything is going exactly the way the scripture said it would. Don't be discouraged about that. When you see these things, lift up your head because your redemption draws near. The tribulation has been prophesied and nobody can change prophecy. Nobody can. It's been written. All you can do is to warn the unbeliever to flee the wrath to come. So let's look for opportunities to share our faith in the wind of loss. Because I don't want anybody to have to go through this. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. So let's warn them that judgment is coming. That they will turn to Christ and avoid all these things that's going to come upon the earth. We ought to be thankful people today. If you're a believer, boy, you ought to be so thankful that you're going to avoid that. You'll be in heaven and you won't be down here when all this takes place. You're going to be gone. You're going to be gone in the rapture. But for those that are left, it's going to be terrible. So what we want to do, pray for your loved ones and be a light and be salt and witness to them. And tell them it's going to, they think it's getting bad now. People are getting scared enough right now. Do you really know it's going to be a thousand times worse? Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching by YouTube or Facebook and have not put your faith in Christ. I encourage you today to do that. Jesus said today is the day of salvation. Once you hear a message like this and don't ever put it off because you don't know you're going to have another day or not. You don't know if you're going to be living tomorrow or not. Jesus said now the accepted time. Behold the day of salvation. If you hear these words, harden not your heart. You may never get another chance like this. So we're going to pray now. And if you hear and you have not received Christ, just say, dear Jesus. Please forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I believe you died and you rose the third day. And you're the only Savior of the world. And I accept you into my heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll be saved not only for time but for eternity. Do you know how long eternity is? It's forever. You're not going to have any pain in heaven. You're not going to have any suffering you got to look what's ahead. Whenever I get discouraged, I look for what's ahead, what I got coming when I get there. I don't look at this earth. I get depressed. I look at Colossians 3, focus on things above and not on the earth. You want to get depressed, you start focusing on all this stuff around you. You're going to get depressed, no question about it. That's why, just between me and you, I watch what I put in here. If Satan can control this, he can control you. So I don't put anything. My mind is like a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. So I put positive things. 
I do as much positive things as I can do to encourage myself. But most of all, I encourage myself like David did. I encourage myself in the Lord. Boy, if you do that, you can stand because God is going to give you the strength to stand. Anyway, if you're here, let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your many blessings. And I pray if there's anyone here that have not received you, that they would open up their hearts right now and receive you as a personal Lord and Savior. Is there anyone here sitting right here today have not asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart? I want to give you a chance. I want to warn you, this is going to happen and you can't escape it. Would you like to receive Christ today? If you do, just raise your hand. We'll pray with you. We will not embarrass you. We will pray. We all had to come the same way. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way. We can't save ourselves. If you want Christ, just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. And if you guys praying by YouTube or Facebook, if you received Christ, find yourself a good church to go to so you can get fed the word of God and tell somebody else. With that, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's all stand. God bless you, Christians. Maybe you, uh, oh, I can't stand in front of the speaker. I should know by now. Uh, <laughs> hey, maybe you're here today just for, I won't keep you but just a few more minutes, but maybe you're here today and you might be discouraged. You might need prayer. You might need somebody just to stand with you. Just come stand right here. We'll pray for you right now. Anyone here that needs prayer today? And if you're too embarrassed to come forward, hey, I'll be around here. I'm not going no place. Okay, I'll be around after the service. Pastor Joel will be around after the service. If you want prayer, seek us out after the service, and we will pray for you, okay? Listen, we are all in this thing together. What affects you affects all of us. Don't think that you are the only one. We all going through it. So if we can be of encouragement to you here, if you need prayer, seek us out. We would love, love to pray for you. With that, God bless you guys and have a good week.